red wave may not have hit the country, but it most definitely hit the state of Wyoming last night. In race after race, conservative legislators won their seat in the House of Representatives. Dan Zwanitzer, Steve Harshman, and Albert Somers are most likely beside themselves with grief now that the liberal establishment in Cheyenne has been kicked out of the People's House. That's right, my friends. Conservatives have the majority in the House of Representatives. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to this post-general election wrap-up. From high above all other sanctimoniously ignorant forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Cowboy State Politics is the most listened to political podcast in the state of Wyoming. And allow me to point out just one little detail that I'm sure went completely unnoticed by the liberal Wyoming media. Every single conservative that had an interview on Cowboy State Politics won their election. And they won big. This just goes to show you the power of this program. Now, while we can't take all of the credit, I mean, that would be pretty arrogant, we can take some of it. I was told a long time ago that there are no coincidences in Wyoming politics, and this isn't one either. This program is most definitely a force in Wyoming politics. Oh, and and one more thing. Uh, Dan Zwanitzer and Harshman and Somers and Representative Bill Henderson, if you thought I was a little irritating before... You just wait until you see what I've got planned. <laughs> oh, I think you got to stop and take a look at what you're doing here. I speak against this because it kind of reminds me of that fairy tale, Cinderella. Oh, and who could forget Nancy Case? Nancy, you're just going to love what's coming next. All right, enough about me. Let's talk about them. Conservatives in the state of Wyoming had major victories all across the state. And not a single redcoat in all of these contested races was spared. And this morning, we're going to go through several of them, and I'll tell you how they all ended up. I've also got a quick reaction from Representative Mark Jennings about last night's election. But before we get to all of that, some completely outrageous (laughs) self-aggrandizement. That is, if you haven't heard enough of that already. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these people that think like Representative Dan Zwanitzer and you don't know what's about to happen in the Wyoming State Legislature, well... You can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and I'll explain it to you that your liberal agenda is over. None of this would be possible the entire last two years without the generous sponsors of Cowboy State Politics. And I want to thank each and every one of them. Morton Buildings, The Winget Food Truck, The Buffalo Wool Company, New Trend Hats, Gunrunner Auctions, and 307 Cowboy Country and Fabrication. Thank you very much, all of you. 
I don't have the words to express how thankful I am to all of you for your work for Wyoming, for the conservative movement, and for cowboy state politics. Thank you. Okay, on with the drubbing that the Redcoats took last night in the general election. We begin on the eastern side of the state in Converse County, where Tommy Strzok handily defeated Bruce Jones, her independent challenger. You know who Bruce Jones is, possibly the worst mayor in the history of all of Converse County. The vote total on that one is Tommy Strzok, 2,266, to Bruce Jones's 1,079. It's a difference of about 1,187 votes. This one I found a little bit surprising because Tommy Strzok was very popular during the primary election. She's a rancher. Um, before the primary, Tommy did a lot of work in advocating for your medical freedom. There was lots of rallies that she set up to protest what the Converse County Hospital was doing to Converse County citizens. That she won didn't come as that big of a surprise to me. But what did kind of surprise me is that she had a challenger, an independent challenger, in Bruce Jones. In that race, Bruce Jones raised a little over $19,000. That's roughly $16 a vote. At that price, he may very well have taken every single person that voted for him to lunch. Well, maybe that wouldn't cover it because with Biden's inflation, 16 bucks probably would only get you a meal at McDonald's. But still, $16 a vote. And listen to some of the names on the list. Ogden Driscoll, Joanne True, Shane True, Dimer True. So in this race, the Redcoats had a vested interest in defeating Tommy Strzok. Sorry about your luck, guys. But it kind of makes you wonder why Ogden Driscoll was involved in this race. You know, the soon-to-be Senate president? Well, clearly, Ogden is not nearly as conservative as he led all of the Crook County citizens to believe. While Bruce Jones's $19,000 is a sizable amount of money, it's nowhere even close to Todd Peterson's $25,000 that he raised in order to defeat the Republican nominee, Scott Smith. The soon-to-be representative from House District 5, Scott Smith, handily defeated Peterson by 592 votes, meaning that Peterson spent about $15.60 a vote. In all fairness, though, Smith raised a sizable amount of money, too. His donations total about $35,000. But keep in mind that Scott Smith had to go through both the primary and the general election, as opposed to the two aforementioned challengers only had to go through the general election. Down in Wheatland, Representative Jeremy Haroldson handily defeated flip-flopper redcoat Dan Brecht by 1,100 votes to retain his seat. The race in House District 44 between Tamara Trujillo and, and leftist activist Sarah Burlingame was a little bit more of a squeaker. Trujillo ended up defeating Burlingame by 321 votes. This was a huge win for conservatives. That district tends to lean more Democratic, and it's the seat that Sarah Burlingame held before she was defeated by John Romero Martinez. This is also a race where there's an interesting story between all the campaign financing. Burlingame raised in excess of $28,000. That's $45 a vote. The last time I was at Texas Roadhouse in Cheyenne, my whole dinner, and I had a ribeye, was 25 bucks. Of course, that doesn't include alcohol because I don't drink, and I would suppose that to convince people to vote for Sarah Burlingame, there was probably a sizable bar tab involved. 
Compare that to Tamara Trujillo's $18,250 she raised for both the primary and the general election. Now, just these four races tell you a lot about what Wyoming citizens are thinking. For a very long time, many of us have been uninformed, and all of these jokers that go to Cheyenne have been left to their own devices. And of course, they come home and then they lie to us about the way that they voted. But Wyoming citizens are done with that. Most of us are paying attention. Most of us are very much invested in what our representatives are doing in Cheyenne. And what these four races tell you is that Wyoming citizens are done with the liberal redcoat agenda that we've been subjected to for however many years. The other side of the mountain really wasn't as competitive as the eastern half of the state. However, there were some great conservative victories over there. Sarah Parker Penn defeated Democrat Andy LeBeau by 210 votes. While in most races in Wyoming, it was a conservative Republican defeating a liberal redcoat, this one is actually a flip because Andy LeBeau was the Democrat that held that seat for the last two years. The numbers are also pretty interesting here. Andy LeBeau raised $27,580 just for the general election. That works out to about $31 a vote. Now keep in mind there was that article earlier this week by Claire McFarlane detailing some of Representative LeBeau's campaign spending on a necklace, a haircut, a dress, and she also employed some of her family members. By comparison, for both the primary and general election, she raised $35,000. So those are just five of the races that we focused on in the general election. Five of the many conservatives that are going to be taking up residence in the Wyoming State House of Representatives. The truth is, all told, conservatives will have the majority in the upcoming legislative session. Coming up, we'll have a reaction from Representative Mark Jennings, one of the most senior representatives in the state of Wyoming. But first, a completely obscene profit timeout. This episode of Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or a gigantic warehouse, well, then you should call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else, and they definitely do it better than anybody else. So it doesn't really matter what type of building you're interested in. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532. My friends, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means? Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions. This one you don't see every day. A Tommy gun. A semi-automatic Tommy gun, anyway. It's lot number 13. It's an Auto Ordnance Thompson 1927A1 Deluxe in 45 ACP. It's in new condition and it comes in the box. It's got a near 100% blue finish with a small scratch on the left side of the receiver. It's got smooth wood furniture and it's all in great shape. It's got a steel butt plate and a rear sling swivel. It comes with a blue 30-round stick magazine and also includes the factory 50-round drum magazine. It includes the owner's manual and the maker's cardboard box with the correct label. You're not going to find another one like this, and really, all you need is a fedora and a trench coat to go along with it. That's lot number 15 at gunrunneraustions.com. 
If you happen to be in Cheyenne Monday night around 6 p.m., the group Principles of Freedom is having a meeting that you don't want to miss. It's going to be held at the Salt Life Christian Fellowship Church. The address is 4406 East 14th Street, and they've got a special guest speaker. Her name is Angel Cushing, and she's with the Western Region Property Rights Coalition. She's going to be speaking on the 30 by 30 plan. If you've been paying attention, that's kind of becoming a big deal in Wyoming. Flip-flopper Dan Brecht, though he lost, and rightfully so, was running on the 30 by 30 plan. So this is becoming a big issue in the state of Wyoming, and if you want to become more informed on it, go to the Principles of Freedom meeting. It's held at the Salt Life Christian Church Monday night at 6 p.m. And now, back to the program. morning, I caught up with Representative Mark Jennings to get a reaction from him on last night's general election. Here's what he had to say. For reaction to last night's general election, I have one of the most senior representatives in the Wyoming legislature, Mark Jennings. How are you feeling this morning, Mark? Well, it was a, it was a very good night for the conservative grassroots of Wyoming, David. Thanks for having me on today, too. Of course. You know, the red wave may not have hit the country like we wanted it to, but it most certainly hit Wyoming. It did last night. For anybody that knows uh, a number of these people, um, and I've worked with many of them, in fact, most of them, uh, and it was just a really, it was just a really good night for conservative Republicans last night. Well, and if you look at all the races that were that were contested last night, and by contested I mean that there was a number of independent candidates running against the conservative Republican nominees, and they all lost big. Yeah, it was huge margins, and um, our people did their due diligence and held that at bay, and the the party um, helped out there and held their held the line on that, and it was very good to see them. Um, hold that back against the, those independents. Now, the two races that I think were most, uh, I don't know what you call them, uh, were the biggest example of what the Wyoming Republican establishment in Wyoming was trying to do was Jeremy Haroldson's race and Scott Smith. Both of those two independents, Dan Brecht and Todd Peterson, um, they were very much establishment, business development, you know, your typical... Um, liberal Republican type candidates that we see in Wyoming, and they they didn't even come close to winning. Yeah, that's right. And and both Jeremy and Scott Smith both did due diligence as uh, quickly as they could organize for uh, last minute trying to get your name on the ballot. And um, and and actually, Tommy Strzok did well too. Yeah, yeah that that race wasn't even close. And one more that I want to ask you about is down in Cheyenne, where. Um, Tamara Trujillo won her seat in the House. She defeated Sarah Burlingame. I mean, that's a that's a big win for conservatives, right there. Sarah's uh, one of the organizers on the Democrat side, and and very radical in in um, the wokeism and stuff like that. And so it was a 
that was a hard fought and Tamara did a really good job. Another one that, that kind of was that way was Sarah Penn over in Riverton. Oh, I'm so happy to see Sarah in the house. That's, that was an awesome victory. It was. And, and there was a lot of people that didn't think that she would pull that off, but she worked hard the whole time. Um, we worked with her quite a bit off and on through the whole campaign and, and um, you know, with, with the Democrat base in there, Sarah really did a good job. I mean, and like you said, same thing with Tamara Tahilia, uh, to be able to hold back. I mean, there was big money that, that came through Sarah Burlingame's hands on that campaign, I'm sure. So, Mark, where does this put us as far as the House is concerned? Well, um, for the conservative Republicans, um, the grassroots has spoken pretty loud. I I put us really right at the halfway mark. It's the closest last time we were just at a third or a little bit under a third. And now we are right on the, the 50% mark. It's it, It'd go a little bit either way, but uh, basically there's about 31 grassroots conservatives in there uh, right in that number. With that margin, you ought to be able to stop or at least halt any sort of bill that, you know, is, is not conservative spending or social issues or any of those things. It, it um, helped turn the tide last night. It was, like I said, like you said, it, uh, as you started out with the red wave, it was um, a conservative red wave that hit and uh, it will no longer be that those things will just slide through and that we're just not able to stop them. On a budget year now, we can stop anything um, on a two-thirds introduction vote outside of the, the actual budget bill. I mean, that we're talking those kinds of numbers, and we're close enough on a regular deal that we, we will be able to stop a lot of bad stuff. And we'll be able to introduce and just grab two or three, four people and make it through now. Okay, Mark. Well, you sounds like you pretty much have the majority in the House of Representatives. Uh, what are a couple of items on your agenda that you've been, you know, bills that you want to introduce or things that we want to get accomplished first off? Well, I think having just come through an election, one of the first things out of the gate will be like crossover. We'll address that bill that's made it through the Senate twice and, and died on the in the drawer on the House side. So hopefully that uh, will be one of the first ones. There's obviously some things in the school, the the um, wokeism things that need to be addressed right out of the gate and, and should be men and women's sports and, you know, some of our some of our more left-leaning ideas that we've not been able to just completely squash, I think at the very beginning we should we should be able to make that that point well take should be well taken by the conservatives. Um, hopefully, we can look at uh, some transparency and and uh, simplification of our budget process. The longer-term goal would be to go to a cash-based budget. I don't know if we'll get to that immediately. And, of course, on lots of people's minds is the um, property tax. I'd look for us to bring out right away a, a, either a cap bill or begin the process of, of um, acquisition um, like Prop 13 in California, where your neighbor doesn't get to affect your taxes. And we cap how much these people are able to take our property taxes 
higher. Well, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me this morning. Um, I'm sure you're a busy guy after the all of those conservative victories last night, and I, I look forward to visiting with you real soon. All right. Thanks for having me, and you have a good day. You it too. It was a good, good night last night, so have a good day today. Well, that'll do it for this post-election wrap-up. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow morning during the live episode at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com, and I'll also post it on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. From the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is Cowboy State Politics.